ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the JWJ podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I'm Shane Thomas, joined by my co-host, my shooter on the wing, Mr. James Washington. What's going on, bro? And we back. We back, man. Always happy to be here, man. Glad to hear from you. I'm glad y'all are listening. We appreciate y'all. Let's get to it. So this is episode eight. Shout out to Fro Kobe. Oh, sad day. Sad day. NBA free agency mania is running wild. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh, we we getting a little macho over there, man. Get a little macho, just a little bit, yeah. Just 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 a tiny bit. You're just talking about all the moves, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I would I would counter that with uh, with a little bit of Hogan, but my pythons ain't nowhere near 24 inches and i i I can't i can't quite hit the rasp on on hogan so i I, i'm gonna have to take a pass but (laughs) i'm i'm all for the i'm all for the macho madness of free agency because it is a crazy one absolutely man let's get right into it man we we have so much to talk about and we're gonna have some fun this is episode eight so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun here with free agency mania a little fireworks just to just to just to harken back to the fourth so uh looking forward to having a fun episode here man so uh we're gonna start james i'm, I'm gonna ask for your cooperation with this we're mm-hmm. gonna start out talking about a lot of the key moves in free agency with the Turn introduction up, of a segment i thought of before we got on here we're gonna play a little game let's play a game oh so now so now we're in the saw movies do i do i get to live through this segment because that's that's a key question i i hope so i hope so. I, it's your segment i need an answer shane i i, I don't want to die oh, we'll, 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 we'll play it by ear i, I think you'll be safe <laughs> y'all pray for me man so what we're gonna play james we're gonna play a little segment that i'm gonna call what's the word and we're going what okay. how it works i'm listening yeah so how this is gonna work is i will tell you i will i will throw out each move that's happened trade whatever you give me a word to describe it and then we'll 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 break it down and then i'll give mine and we'll go like that sound good so so it's so it's basically on some like you know you, you see it in the sitcoms or whatever like the word association where like they'd be like hey blue sad and you know like you just have to like be like take it back to the first thing you think of or something like that is that that's that's what you're saying yeah, that, that's it. The first thing you think of, and then we we will break it down that way. Okay. Uh, all right. That 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 sounds interesting. Um, I, I'm all for it. Hey, hey, new new things on the court turn into different kinds of wins. So I'm I'm all for trying something new. Let let's see how it goes. I'm with it. Time to play the game. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna get started with the first real kind of blockbuster move so let's let's go ahead and get started Jalen Brunson going to the New York Knicks four years 104 million dollars James Washington what's the word you know what that one is actually a little easy for me and we've discussed this a little bit before but I'll go into detail my word for that is predictable um and and I'm going to say absolutely predictable for a number of reasons one uh Jalen's dad Rick was recently hired to the coaching staff in New York. Um, two, Jalen 
played his heart out in Dallas in this previous postseason. And this was after, you know, the $55 million extension was turned down on Dallas's side. Um, Jalen is from the area. You know, he, he grew up there. He went to Nova. You know, he, he's, he's a local product. I mean, they're going to love him. And I think all of that was taken into consideration. And last, but certainly not least, who's going to turn down a hundred plus million dollars? <laughs> so, yeah, especially but, when they were just making like two. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that everything just pointed in that direction from him, for him from jump. So kudos to him. I think it's big. Like I said, I also think it was predictable. And now he's in a place, he's in a market where he was thriving in Dallas when he got the opportunity, you know, especially we saw early on in the postseason when Luca was injured. But now he's going to be in a spot in New York where not to say not much will be expected of him, but he can capitalize on the fact that now he's that guy. So I, I think predictable is the right way that I would describe the Brunson move to, to the Big Apple. So I'm going to go with Brunson to the Knicks. My word, I'm going to say desperate and not Jalen. It's New York. Mm. I think I'm going to say desperate just because the Knicks are finally kind of, I think they were kind of starved for a point guard. They've, they've tried so many different guys over the years and they've, they've, they've had stop gap after stop gap after stop gap. The best point guard that they've had in the last 20 years is probably Stefan Marbury. And then that ended with them basically paying him to stay away. So, and then before that, I mean, you're talking Mark Jackson, you know, you're, you're, you're taking it back a ways when you're talking about like good New York Knicks point guards. No, no child's award. Uh, well, you could throw them out there. Yeah. I mean, like Marbury was better than them and they ended up paying him to stay away. So they haven't had, they haven't had good point guards there. I mean, Chris Childs, you know, Charlie Ward, only Heisman Trophy winner to play in the NBA. Like, I think they needed they needed somebody that can help right the ship and stabilize it. I think they were desperate for it. Um, Jalen Brunson represents a kid that he's wanted every level. He's been productive at every level, as we've talked about in previous pods. And Jalen, I think he's built for that opportunity. He's a very even keeled dude. Uh, you know, goes about his business, the professional. I think the Knicks need somebody like that. I think his leadership can rub off on everybody else. They need somebody that can come in with the demeanor and, and the, the leadership and, and the, the confidence to say like, yeah, like this is my team. I'm used to this. Like I've won and this is going to be no different. I think it's, it's a calculated move on their part. Uh, I think they, like I said, I think they were desperate for it. I think, Jalen's going to thrive there and I think he's going to play really well I think the pieces are there in terms of uh the coaching staff and all that stuff I think all that all that is kind of built for him to succeed I I really don't think it's a situation where Jalen won't get there and produce 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's he like I said, he he's shown success on a pretty big stage so far. I mean, granted, he hasn't seen an NBA finals yet, but he's been put into very critical moments already in the postseason, and he's shown that he's not afraid to show up. So given where New York is right now, this is big for them. Just like you said, you know, if you look at premier point guards that this roster has had in their history, we're not going to go back quite that far because we don't have to. Because since you mentioned Mark Jackson in the 90s, there hasn't been much. So this, this is a big piece for them moving forward. And it's going to be really interesting to see what does or doesn't happen moving forward with um, Julius Randle, who's actually been shopped, you know, for the last year or so. And RJ Barrett, who is one of the only top picks of the last few years that has yet to sign his rookie extension. So it, it, it's going to be really big trying to pick up and see what's going to happen moving forward from that. All right, so let's let's move on. We're going to go to Jalen's former team. We're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks, hmm. and let's talk about JaVale McGee. James, what's the word? Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, so what I'm going to go with, given he was actually a member of our last title team, and by our, I mean my, my L.A. Lakers, I'm going to say underappreciated. I, I feel like JaVale has been shipped around the league so much. And I think it's because JaVale, JaVale is one of those players that I think it, it's not that he doesn't fit. I think that it's a lot of teams don't try to create a fit for him. And I honestly, I think that Dallas picked up a gem. I mean, I I told you, as soon as I saw that, first thing I did was I texted you a screenshot of it with a couple of middle fingers because I hate it. I, I'm really I'm really annoyed that JaVale's not a Laker anymore. I, I He's one of those guys, like, how can you take all of these gallery photos of him holding the trophy and then first thing you do is let him walk? I, I wasn't okay with that move. So for JaVale, I'm going to say underappreciated. I think that teams don't know how to use him, and that's the reason that he gets moved around so much. I think that was a tremendous pickup for Dallas. Yeah, I agree. And and my – a lot of people don't realize he actually had a previous stint with the Mavericks for, like, a season, and but he was in a very different spot at that time. I mean, he was – he had just kind of gotten – gotten thrown into the whole Shaq and the Fool stuff. Like he was basically the, the face of that. Right. He was coming off some injuries and and he was kind of a laughing stock. He hadn't proven himself as a guy that could anchor, you know, a championship team. So um I think this time around, uh the word I'm gonna go with is necessary. Um you look at the Mavericks and how they went through this postseason. They their rotation was six players. They played about they played like eight guys, nine guys, but you were getting virtually no production from Dwight Powell. You weren't getting any, anything from uh, Josh green, you know, those kind of guys, like there were, there were guys that were playing that just, just 
they they were bringing nothing to the table and Dwight Powell was only he was only starting the game and then he would be out after you know seven eight minutes and in Dwight's defense he ran up against guys that it wasn't good matchups for him I mean you're talking I mean he he went Utah with Gobert then he went Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton then it was it was you know it was Golden State with with Kevon Looney like none of those matchups worked for Dwight Powell and it hurt because he's also offensively he's he's a lob threat which allows the spacing to work a lot better for the shooters that Dallas has and they and the lob threat was gone so he was basically unplayable uh you plug in JaVale who does a lot of things better than Dwight he may not be as good of a role man as Dwight but he's he's taller he's seven one he's longer he's got you know endless wingspan I think seven eight wingspan like he he he's a rebounder he's a rim protector he's a lob he's a lob threat he finishes inside um he can bring some intimidation there I think his 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 addition is very necessary because they needed somebody where you can put him out there and he can, he can rim protect and he can, he can get rebounds. Dwight Powell wasn't a rim protector, wasn't a good rebounder for us. Um, And I think, you know, him, him being in the middle with the Mavericks along with Christian Wood, another guy that they brought in, you know, before the draft, it, it allows them to play a little more traditional you can play you can play two bigs but they're two very different bigs i mean javel's taller he's a bit he's a bigger body but not like in the way you think and then christian wood allowing him to just play the power forward spot you know starting out he can he can play his perimeter game they won't step on each other's toes there won't be much overlap and then at the end of the day you know javel won't be in that closing lineup very often so christian wood can slide down to the five and, and give them some flexibility later in games. I think it was very necessary for what they wanted to do. I mean, it was a three-year deal, $20 million. Uh, I think there's a player option at the end of, at the end of that, I think after two years or, or the third year, something like that. So um, a little, a little, some people are a little confused by the, the price because they thought they would use the mid-level exception somewhere else. But you know, given, you know, where JaVale is in his career and, and what he's done in Golden State in L.A., I think it's perfect for them. And and, and I have to throw it in before we head over to the next one. I, I think it's worth mentioning only because of where we started the podcast off. And I think a lot of people might be unaware. I think it is very, very important to mention, Shane, I'm sure you caught it. I feel like we pointed it out to each other. But while we were back in Knoxville at the Women's Hall of Fame, there is a picture of Pamela McGee, who is JaVale's mother, with her twin sister, Paula, while they were student athletes and champions at the University of Southern California, where they actually played on a roster with Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Miller back in the 80s. So when I say unappreciated, guys, JaVale comes from what we would consider a line of hoops royalty. To be able to play alongside Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Miller, come on, man. It comes from a long line of success. (laughs) Absolutely. And jumping from that, um, we're going to go to Boston. 
uh, the moves <sighs> they made. We, they, they acquired Danilo Gallinari, who was bought out from the Spurs in the, in the DeJounte Murray trade. And they acquired uh, Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, so, James, with those additions, the Boston Celtics, I know this, this hurts your heart a little bit, but uh, what's the word? About, I don't want to talk about it. Look, man, I hate this. All right. Um, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. And I've said before how hard it is for me to compliment the Celtics. I'm going to go very bold with my word right here. My word of choice, Shane, is repeat. I think that with those two additions, Boston is already in position to see the NBA Finals again next summer. And the reason I say that, one of the big things that we talked about that led to their eventual demise in the finals just a few weeks ago against the Warriors, the biggest issue that we talked about was their lack of depth. Now, you bring in Gallinari for what the NBA would consider pennies. You, you bring Gallo in for nothing, essentially. And then you pick up a Malcolm Brogdon, former rookie of the year, huge piece, very, very successful star while he was playing in Indiana. Um, you, you bring in these two guys and what did you lose for them? You lose Daniel Tice, who we just talked about, never played. <laughs> you're, you're getting rid of players that weren't seeing the floor anyway. So now you're getting rid of what you could call excess baggage because you were never putting these guys on the floor anyway. And you're replacing them with guys that are going to deepen your bench, which again, that's what we saw did Boston in was a lack of support. So I believe that the only thing, in my opinion, that's going to prevent Boston from seeing the NBA finals again is going to be twofold. We need to see what else is going to happen in Milwaukee. And we need to see what is going to go on with this whole thing in Brooklyn. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that as well. But for now, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, my, for now, my word for Boston is repeat. I'm going to go with perfect. I think when we talked about what they needed, all they did was offload guys at the end of their bench. I mean, for, for Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, like you said, Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, uh, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, 2K players. Like, they, they gave up nothing. And essentially, the only rotation guy was Daniel Tice, and he didn't even play in, in the postseason, really, mm. for them. So to get a player like Malcolm Brogdon, like you said, a former rookie of the year, a guy that can run the show, play defense, just a solid guy. He fits the Boston profile of how they built their team in recent years. Like he, he's just a perfect fit there. Um, and then you throw in Danilo Gallinari, who if, if nothing else, he can still score. He can put the ball in the basket. They need perimeter shooting. He fits that need. Uh, he's, he's, he can, you know, at least 
in his prime, he was a guy that could get to the free throw line a lot too. We we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that. I mean, <laughs> Dallas has been bitten <laughs> twice by him. Uh, I was watching highlights earlier that this will this will be a, a, a funny thing. So like, I saw the I saw the Nuggets play Dallas in Dallas. This was probably about 2014, 13, 14, somewhere in there, and. Danilo hits us for a cool 39 that night. And I mean, it was the first time seeing Danilo play in person. And he he goes out and gets 39. Like he's shaking and baking on guys at 6'10. And then in Denver, a few, what, a few, maybe a couple years after that, he hits us for 47 in Denver. So dude, dude's proven to be, you know, a, a beast. So when I look at he they fit they 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 fit the Boston profile like Gallinari is a, a seasoned veteran that can score they need that Malcolm Brogdon can set the table and and be and be that dog on defense as well so him and Marcus Smart will be a nice you know one two in the backcourt for them and then you know you need that shooting off the bench I don't think Gallo's gonna gonna turn into Daniel Tice where they're not playing him so mm-hmm. I think those two additions are, are perfect Oh yeah, and I, and 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 I think that just like you said with the whole Gallo and and Smart combo, they're not out there for the same purpose. So when you don't, and that that's what we see that eventually becomes a downfall of a lot of teams in the league is you might put together a certain backcourt, but it's two guys that are ball dominant. Like you have multiple players that need the ball in their hands to be effective. You will never have that problem with Marcus Smart and Danilo Gallinari. Like Gallo is the scorer. Marcus Smart is like, I'll score if I have to, but I'm out here to lock guys down. So I think that they, and, and, and I'll steal your word for a second. I think that is the perfect matchup that somebody needs to toss a towel behind their back and smack a piece of gum. Yeah. We're going to make wrestling references all night, y'all. Um, but I, I think I, I totally agree on that. Uh, I think the perfect mesh, like I said, perfect and repeat, man, Boston, Boston has made some of the smartest moves of the off season so far. And anybody that's listening, do not take that as me giving what y'all might think is credit to Boston. It, it's still, I don't know. Kind of sound like credit, a little credit there. No. Well, I tell you what, just send me to Boston. I'm willing to fight. I, I don't, it is what it is. I still don't like y'all. Yeah. I, I, like one more point on that. Like, I feel like a lot of stuff that was going on in Boston, at least from Marcus Smart's point of view, I feel like he had to kind of, he was kind of above water in a way. Like he had to, he had to kind of overperform. I feel like he was kind of overextended at times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was a guy that, <clears throat> you know, him scoring always felt like a bonus. Yeah. And I feel like he can kind of settle in and, and be kind of that three and D guy that they want, but they, they have more rounds. So there's not as much pressure on him to be kind of that, that other score. He can still do that, but having other guys, kind of in that role of you know we can we can score we can stabilize things like I think that'll pay a lot of dividends later yeah and sure. we, yeah and we and we even brought that up during you know some of our finals episodes um 
I, even after game one, when Boston, when Boston took game one in, uh, in, in San Francisco, we both agreed that if you're going to be depending on Al Horford and Marcus Smart to be leading scorers on your team, when you win a game, it's not going to last long. And we saw that eventually, as soon as they fell off, it became a problem, but that's not even a knock on Boston. That's Golden State doing their job. So Marcus Smart is not out there. Just like you said, he's not out there to drop 20 a night. He can if it's necessary, but that's not what he wants to do. That's not what he's here to do. That's not what the team picked him up for. So I think that moving forward with these two additions here, it, it it's the east is like the, the the top of the east is starting to look pretty intense and i'm gonna tell you now and we'll probably get into it at another time i still don't think boston is finished and and there 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 could be i think there could be some other big moves made that will only make boston stronger yeah and and you know just just going off that just talking about the strength of the east We'll we'll move on to our our next edition, and it's probably other than Malcolm Brogdon going to Boston. This is probably the biggest uh, move of the off season is Dejounte Murray, you know, being traded from San Antonio, headed to Atlanta to team up with Trey Young to to form a, a a very very dynamic duo up in Atlanta. So uh, James Dejounte moving in near you so what's the word <laughs> all right so first and foremost i'm gonna say shane we got to go ahead and start looking at that schedule because Dejounte is one of those players that i feel like i absolutely have to see play in person so we're we're, we're gonna look at that schedule because we gotta make sure that we that we check for you know just at some point i honestly don't care who they play but it, it's funny that you bring it in by saying he's going to form a dynamic duo with Trey Young because I'm about to make another wrestling reference, y'all. But it's more so on the side of San Antonio. Anybody that came up on 80s wrestling is going to be familiar with a couple of guys named Axe and Smash. They got together to form my word for this <laughs> for this move. Demolition. Now, yeah, man. Now, the reason I say that it is very obvious that San Antonio is on the rebuild path and shout out to, you know, one of my favorite rappers, Detroit's own Royce, the five, nine. If y'all know him, I love you. If not, I'll love you soon. Cause you're going to go listen now. Um, one 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 of his joints that he put out was called destroy and rebuild you can't have one without the other and that is exactly what san antonio is doing right now so my word is demolition they shipped Dejounte murray out because he is too much of a talent to have to sit in san antonio and have to go through a rebuilding process and i respect san antonio for that it wouldn't be fair to him and San Antonio is that type of organization. They, they've never been the type to bring a guy in and make them sit around and wait when nothing immediate is happening. So kudos to the Spurs for that move. They knew what they had to do. And if you look at it, 
I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I believe that in the Murray trade, San Antonio got back, I think it was at least two or three picks in that trade that were unprotected. So again, they they know what they're doing. San Antonio has always been an organization that plans for the future. So I, I demolition is the word but I might even put an asterisk on that and, and, and throw in genius. They San Antonio is one of the teams in the NBA that is incredibly adept at planning for the future. So I think that this move is just the first step in something that is going to be very, very big moving forward. So my word for it, I'm a, I'm, it's going to be a hyphenated word. I'm going to say shake up. Okay. Uh, DeJounte Murray, man, first time all-star this past season. Like, he, I think this this move for Atlanta is huge because you you they had one backcourt that they thought would be the backcourt of the future with Trey Young and Kevin Herter. Didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to. I mean, probably wanted a little more consistency from Kevin Herter. He had some injuries, things like that, and now they, they move him. So they can they can get DeJounte in there and, you know, and they also with the with the herder move, uh, they also acquired Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, you know, solid veterans to, to add to their to their group. So they, they added depth. They added some guys that, that are plug and play right away. You don't have to wait on a lot of guys. And then, you know, with DeJounte, like his ability to he can he can average 20 you know, and, and he can get his own. He's a big guard. He can defend. So that kind of dynamic, he can, he can, you can sick him on guys that, that would probably, that Trey would probably struggle with. Mm. Um, and you could probably hide Trey a little bit more because his size and lack of strength, um, you know, it works in that way. It's kind of how, how it worked with Clay and Steph for a while, as far as Clay would take those, uh, those guys that, maybe Steph didn't match up with defensively. So I think defensively is the biggest boon there. Um, offensively, I wonder if Trey will continue in the kind of Steph Curry kind of mold as far as being able to be effective off ball. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen Trey, you know, as a ball handler, he can break down the defense, get into the paint. He can kick out. He can he can finish at the rim. But you know, he and he's been an okay shooter from three so far. He hasn't been the dead eye that a lot of people thought. Um, I think he only shoots about thirty five percent for his career from three, which is you know average. Um, but he also takes a lot of tough ones. So I think it'll be interesting to see if Trey kind of takes that next step as far as impacting the game when he doesn't have the ball is he going to be as dynamic as Steph when because Steph is is lethal off the dribble but he's also lethal you know screening for guys moving without the ball finding the open spots along the perimeter it'll be interesting to see if if that's the next step in Trey's development because if it is suddenly you know Atlanta really has uh kind of that backcourt of the future because you know Trey Trey will be entering his prime soon uh DeJounte's entering his as well um, so it's, it's two, two guys that can affect the game and can contribute to winning. So I think, you know, this was an Eastern conference finalist just last year. Um, I think this move gets them back 
uh, in into that contention. Uh, oh, they yeah. still have some stuff to do as far as they got to figure out what they want to do with with John Collins and and the yeah. other pieces there. But I think this was a move in the right direction. I think a shakeup was needed, and I think they they did the right thing by moving Kevin Herter and adding some depth and and also adding a an all star caliber player in Dejounte Murray for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be. Nah, I'm just living in the area, man. I'm excited to watch Atlanta. I, I mean, I've I I've told myself that I was gonna, you know, force in some 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 loyalty, you know, to the local squads. But um, it, it's funny. I'm not even gonna lie. At first, it was easier for me to show more love, you know, to the Dream than it was the Hawks. Shout out to the WNBA. We ain't forget about y'all. We we gonna get y'all soon too. Um but I, the, the Hawks are finally giving me something. I mean, I've been teasing them for years, even, even with, you know, not this past season, but the season before um, when, when they did make the conference finals, something about it, I couldn't get excited because it still just felt like, of course, we know that the postseason is matchup based, you know, things happen. So as much LeBron as I happened, that whole thing, so, so as much, <laughs> as much as I wanted to be excited, you know, like we can even look back to, like you said, LeBron happened, you know, the whole, like the Hawks were what the first team in NBA history to have what four of their starters on the all-star team. Like, it, yeah. you know, it so many mountaintops, but at the same time, nobody knew how to climb down. So they just fell. Uh, it's it, it was painful to watch and truth be told that's why I just could never fully get behind it because there never seemed like there was a plan now it finally seems like there is one and I think that's what is exciting me now about seeing what the Hawks are going to do so I I'm I'm on board don't get that twisted, y'all. I am still a diehard Laker fan, but I pay attention to good teams that make good decisions. I'm paying attention to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, and and I, I thought about this. I went to go see. I went up to I went up to Atlanta. Uh, it was it was Trey and Luca's rookie year. I went up there when Luca was on Luca was on the Mavs. I think it was the season opener or something like that. And, you know, they had they had shirts on the seats and, and the slogan was tomorrow starts today. And, love it. Love and it. I, I love that. And I think I think even though, you know, they had a lot of things to be excited about when they got Kevin Herter and, and hadn't paired him with Trey and John Collins was there and there was a buzz in the city. No lie. I, I could feel it when I was there. Um I think this is a little bit of a reset, but it's a, it's a needed one. And I think mm -hmm. given how young DeJounte Murray is, how young Trey is, how young that team is, um, tomorrow starts today. And they, they, are, they are in a position to get back to where they were and contend because the East is not going to be the typical East. Like it's, no. it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to have a West feel as far as it's going to be knocked down, drag out most of the season. Like, by the time all these teams get finished, I mean, we we still got more moves to cover, but like 
so far, I mean, look at Boston. They retooled. Milwaukee is still there. Like, they'll be getting Chris Middleton back. Like, the East is about to be murderer's row in a lot of cases. Like, like it's, it's not going to be an easy game top to bottom. All these teams got better, man. All of them. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I, it, the East, the East is always that conference that we just kind of, you know, write off and it's good. It, it, it's a really good feeling to finally see that that's not going to be the case moving forward. Uh, do we, we're, we're dealing with teams. Like you said, you have your Boston, your Milwaukee, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, so many other teams that we haven't heard from in a minute that are Philly, right? Like so many other teams that you notice I didn't mention Brooklyn. Y'all stay tuned for the next episode. Um, there, There's so many teams that are on their way up and it's just a matter of seeing what they're going to do. This, this is fun. <laughs> like this, 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 this is gonna It's going to be exciting moving forward. The cream of the crop rises to the top. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Dig it. Yeah. <laughs> so going from the east, we're going to jump back out west. This one is interesting because it's it's a buyout. So John Wall was bought out by the Houston Rockets after opting in to, I think, a 47. Was it 47 or 41? Yeah, it was 47. 47 million dollars, yeah. which he would have been foolish to pass up. Of course. Um, so he 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 opts in and then he gets he secures a buyout from the Houston Rockets, who told him we don't want we don't want you to affect our chances at stockpiling more picks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, John Wall, having having been been let go by the Houston Rockets, was picked up by James's uh and little little, little brother in little yeah the little the little the brother little, the little brother the los angeles yeah. clippers two years 13 million dollars yeah. um and james that one is that one is interesting i have a few things to say about that so what, what ah. what's what's your word for that all right so before i give you my word i'm gonna give you the definition of the word it is a noun the definition is a person whose job is to keep, inspect, and analyze financial accounts. My word for the John Wall situation is accountant. He's holding on to his money. He did what he needed to do. Kudos to him. But going over to the sister city, and yes, I said sister city, even though it is literally in the same building, <laughs> whatever. I don't, I, I don't see it. I your your excitement to go to the Clippers and deal with two guys who are the stars of the team, the two go-to players, and I'm going to take a shot at one of my own stars right now. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard over the last three years have somehow managed to play less games individually or i'm sorry fewer games individually let me let me get my grammar right fewer games individually than anthony davis i but that but but that's but that's where you thought it was a good idea to go i i just always find it humorous until the clippers prove me otherwise which has yet to happen Derek coleman ain't showing up no time soon 
<laughs> you're you're not getting you're you're not getting Lamar Odom. You're not getting Q Rich. You're not getting yeah, come on now. Hey, Elton I, Brand is not walking through that door. I, where where's Michael Oluwa Candy, man? You're 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 Pietkowski <laughs> is not coming through that door. Not not Pyatkowski, Marco Yarich is not coming like, through that door. Exactly. So nothing about this excites me. It Chris is Cayman might be asleep on the bench though. I want to maybe maybe. I, I want to, I want to be excited, but for what it, it's you, you left a situation where you were being paid not to play. You go into another situation where you're going to be expected to play. You're going to get your money, but we also haven't seen you in how long. So is your contribution going to be something that is actually going to be that valuable? I, the, to me, there's too many question marks to be excited about that move. So my word, accountant, he made sure he got his money. Kudos. For me, looking at John Wall going to the Clippers, I'm going to say potential. I think given, given his, I mean, he's, he hasn't played very much at all. I mean, he's, He's missed two seasons, two of the last three seasons. I mean, it, it's it's ugly. I think he's only played 40 games mm-hmm. uh, since signing that contract. And, you know, his last game was April of last year. So right. there's so much. I mean, he, he was basically told to stay away from Houston this year. He could have played. Uh, but, you know, with them tanking, the T word, um, <laughs> with them tanking, and when in 20 games last year that they, they, you know, he, he would have, he would have, he probably, if healthy, he probably would have helped them win eight to 10 more games. And they told him no. So, you know, 20 and 62 for Houston, they let him out. So I think this has the potential to be a low risk, potentially really high reward. And the reason I say that is, we know, like, we don't know what John Wall will look like because we know his speed was his biggest attribute. Now, he's had time to sit out and recover. And one thing that doesn't require speed is something that's going to be a big question mark, and that is his jumper. Is, is he going to show that he's been working on his jumper with all this time he's had off? If he can come back and 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 prove he can knock down jumpers at a high level and, and, and help spread the floor for Kawhi and PG. Like that's going to be huge. I like it because they've, they've, they've been in a position from a point guard standpoint where they've had a lot of guys in there that they feel, they feel the, they feel the void, but it, 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 they're not like helping necessarily contribute to the bottom line. Like, Pat Bev is there and he's out there just, just to play defense and maybe hit a three here and there. But I mean, nobody's confusing him with an elite point guard in the NBA. Um, Reggie Jackson is best suited at this point as, as a, as a spark plug off the bench. Um, a guy that they signed to a, to a nice contract uh, the previous off season. So, um, but they haven't had that. That's the one position I feel like that's hurt them is that they don't, they haven't had, a difference maker at the point guard spot. Now this is, this is kind of a gamble because it's John Wall and he's missed two of the last three seasons. He's only played 40 games. 
in the last handful of years. Like it, it, it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's, it's a low risk. You're only giving him 13 and a half million over two years. I'm sure there may be an option or something like that involved, but uh, if, if he pans out, if he's even able to be a little bit of the John Wall of old, where he's a, he's a two-way guy, he can block shots from the point guard position, uh, his speed can break down the defense, and he, he's led the league in assists before. So playing with a guy like, like Kawhi, playing with a guy like PG, like those dudes can do what they do. He allows them to do to, even more to do what they do. And he can, he, he's, a, he's a point guard first. So I think his ability to stabilize things, he'll walk in and, and be the guy at the point guard spot from day one. Uh, so I think if it pans out, the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers did a good job. Teron Lou did a hell of a job to get that team to be as good as they were with the injuries they had. Yeah. You bring those dudes back healthy, and then you add, you add a, a potent, you add a wild card in John Wall there who is an all-star and, and a difference maker when he's healthy, that, that could be potentially scary for the, for, and, and that'll, that'll make the West even crazier. I think um, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a potential move that could, could catapult the Clippers back into championship contention for sure. Yeah, it is. It's just so hard for me. I it, It's funny because I just feel like I have I, I have an even harder time complimenting the Clippers than I do the Celtics. It, it's I, I don't know, man. It, it I guess I guess just looking at it, there's just been so much uncertainty with the Clippers over the last few years that I'm just really at a standpoint where it's like, show me something maybe it is there it, it it very well could be but gosh just quite just question marks uh I, they, they've always been that team like i mean even when even when blake griffin and chris paul were there like they had the talent to make a run they just never did they never they never got over that hump as far as being a serious contender i think the clippers even with Kawhi, even with paul george like People were saying in the bubble, oh, they're going to win the title. They didn't. They, after that, they were saying, oh, you know, after they beat Dallas, oh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, this, it's their title to lose. Never got to the conference final. So, like, it, it's, it's, like you said, there, is, there, there are question marks there. Now, kudos to Steve Ballmer and the ownership there and, and, and you know, their brass because they've done a really good job with that team as far as the construction they've had they've had arguably the best roster in the league the last couple of years just the amount of wing depth they've had the amount of guys defensively that can switch and do all these different things defensively like their roster is is built for postseason success but they've had injuries they've had all kinds of stuff they've had coaching change so it's like there's so many question marks there still, but rolling the dice on a guy like John Wall, who who will be fresh and I think he will be healthy. He it, has no it, choice. It could, he has no choice, and and <laughs> you know, like I think it could, I think it 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 could work out if if the gamble pays off. And so far, given how they've built their team, you know, they've they're a team that we talk about now, which mm-hmm. hasn't always been the case, right? Yeah, so. Um, 
moving back to another team that you could yeah. you could make an argument that is kind of in the same boat as the Clippers. They got to start showing us something. The yeah, Philadelphia we, we 76ers. Oh, I know where you're going with this. And one. they went out and they added a veteran, 37-year-old P.J. Tucker, mm-hmm. to their mm-hmm. roster, a veteran pickup after losing Danny Green to Memphis. So, James, P.J. Tucker to the Sixers. What do you think of it? Now, I, I, I'm going. I'm going to touch all of my all of my frats and sorors out there. I definitely don't think that P.J. Tucker is a member of Omega Sci-Fi. But my word that I'm going to use is dog. Listen, let's go. This this is one of my. I, I'll go on record and say it. P.J. Tucker is one of my favorite players that has never rocked the purple and gold. I love P.J. Tucker. This dude, he gets on the court. The dude is heartless. His goal is to take you out. And I don't even mean physically. I'm talking emotionally. I'm, I'm talking like thought process, like his job is to get out there and just destroy you. And it doesn't even have to be physically. Again, like I said, he he's PJ Tucker is that dude, man. And I feel like he's so I don't even want to go back and touch on the whole unappreciated thing again or underappreciated, but I I think it applies again here. My word is dog. And the reason that I think that Philly just picked up a steal you look at what he did in Miami last year. He he actually like he he actually uh if you look at his numbers from this past season, PJ Tucker shot the best percentage from three that he has ever shot in his career. And mind you, the dude played his first season back in 2006, 07 in Toronto. So been around a while. Yeah. I mean, he took a little bit of a break in there while he was playing overseas, but um, he's been around for a minute. So he shot the best percentage that he has from long in his career this past season in Miami. He shot just shy of 42%. My big thing here is rebounds per game barely fell off i mean he he's still he's still sitting here looking at um at last season he was at about you know five and a half a game career average is only five six so he's doing what he needs to do and he's doing it in those minutes that are expected of him so Six foot five playing center. Ah, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, and 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 I think uh, another big one. I mean, I I don't want to go too far into you know the analytic this that whatever, but you check Basketball Reference and something else that is pretty impressive. Uh, if you look at you know a stat that's kept uh, win shares per forty eight minutes. Um, the league average is usually around about 0.1. Last season in Miami, not only did PJ register a 0.121, 
that was the highest of his career. <laughs> the, the highest of his career. And again, keep in mind, this man is 37 years old. So I, for Philly, I am saying kudos to you because what you just pulled off in the last few days by signing him, you just signed a dog. That is my word for PJ Tucker. Dog. <laughs> and we can make we can make a wrestling reference again. I mean, you could even call him a junkyard dog. <laughs> Either way, look, y'all just y'all just made a hell of a move by by snatching this man out of South Beach. My word for the PJ Tucker to Philly signing experience. Like when you go out. And, and you have the issues that Philly has in terms of they just got James Harden. They got Joel Embiid. One guy's a former MVP. The other guy could be that guy. Um, so, like, you know, with, with P.J. Tucker, man, like, his, his game is play, play hard defense in his time on the court and shoot the three. In Miami, he did that. In Milwaukee, he did that. Helped them win a title. Like, P.J. Tucker is a difference maker. He contributes to winning. Um, being 37 helps because they need some They need some guy to step up there and be the leader. Uh, it, it, it's not always going to – it's not going to be James Harden. He's not really that guy in terms of being a leader necessarily for a team. Joel kind of leads by example. And, you know, he played through a lot of injuries and things like that this year. I think he took a step in his development to be an MVP candidate and be one of the one of the very best centers we have in the NBA. So I think P.J. Tucker brings a wealth of experience. He brings a toughness and a different mentality to that team. Like Danny Green, he kind of replaces Danny Green in a way, even though they play very different positions, I think. Uh, PJ Tucker is more of a power forward, even played a little bit of center in Miami. Um, but he, he, he defends some big, some wings. Um, I, I, he's not, he's not necessarily the, the shooter as far as reputation of a Danny green, but I think defensively, he still holds his own on that end. He's still one of the, one of the best defenders in the league. So adding PJ Tucker after losing Danny green, I think that's critical because he he brings even more experience and even more toughness and he brings more of a mentality. He's, he's one. And I think that can rub off on guys that are trying to get and take that next step. So I think he, he feels what, what Philly needs and that's experience leadership and some toughness. Like you said, James, like he's a dog. And a lot of times like Philly hasn't had those, those kind of guys recently. Like it's, They've had a bunch of question marks. I mean, look at the Ben Simmons deal. Definitely not a dog there. <laughs> he sat out the whole year because of whatever. We'll get to him at some point too. But hey, hey, hey. I gotta stop you there. Cause Ben Simmons is a dog. But from the last couple of years, he just showed us that he might be a chihuahua. But keep going, keep going. Hey, like, and and like I said, you need you need guys that you need those like trench warfare guys like i know if we're you know foxhole guys as a lot of coaches call them like if right. we're if we're, in, if we're going to war i want a guy like pj tucker 
Yeah, like he, he's going to be there. He's going to be tough and he's going to give you everything he's got. Like you ain't got to worry about where his head's at. You ain't got to worry about anything. Like he's there. He's there to make sure that you win. And he's been a contributor to that. I think it's a, it's a extremely uh, smart move for Philly three years, $33 million. He'll be 40 at the end of this deal. So right. Like, and probably still be valuable. Yeah. And, and I mean, look at it. I mean, he's, he's, he's stuck around. Like you said, his first season was 2006. I mean, there was one point where he wasn't even in the league. He comes back and, and, you know, he's contributing and, he, and he's doing it at a very high level. Like he went from, you know, a, just another guy on a team to we got to get PJ Tucker. He's the, he's the missing piece. Like he, he helped contribute to the culture in Miami for a season. He, he helped my, he helped Milwaukee get over the top. So like for Philly, it's smart. They, they've done a lot of things that, that were head scratchers. I mean, mm. uh, when they had uh when they had their their run with Simmons a few years ago, when they had Marco Bellinelli and JJ Reddick and Ersan Ilyasova, like those were critical guys to their group. And they just let them go. And they lost that shooting. And it it kind of it kind of added pressure to Simmons and Embiid to create because defenses could key in on them a little bit more. They didn't have the spacing that they had before. So this is kind of a way to kind of slowly undo that mistake by getting a guy that contributes not only on the court, but in the locker room. And they needed that for sure. No, it, it's he, like I said, man, I, PJ Tucker, in my opinion, is one of the few players in the NBA that I think would be a valuable asset, no matter which team he lands on. He, he brings that veteran leadership. He brings that heart again, that dog. He, he there's, he, he's going to be, he's going to be appreciated and he's going to be respected no matter where he goes. So shout out to Philly. That, that was a heck of a move for them. Yeah. And speaking of teams making a heck of a move, we, we've dogged on them. We dogged on them talking about the draft. We've dogged on them just in general. But I have to say that the Sacramento Kings have done a pretty good job with the additions they made this offseason. I mean, they 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 drafted Keegan Murray, who looks who looks like he'll be good for them. Um, and then they go out, they acquire Kevin Herter. They were able to they were able to get Malik Monk. So they reunite De'Aaron Fox with his college teammate. And that, that's two, two of the two of the very best shooters in the league. And you just added them to your roster. So James, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk headed to the Kings. What's the word? All right. So this this just uh basically is on a what I'm going to call that first layer of the onion. And then we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to use a very interesting word here and I'll explain the comparison. I'm going to say storm. And what I mean by that is at no point do you ever see a storm that happens within 
five, 10 minutes. That storm has been brewing for hours, days, weeks. You watch the Weather Channel and they'll let you know that a tornado is coming in two weeks um, because those things take time and they're gonna have to build up. They're, they're going to have to pick up the full strength before they start to do that damage. Sacramento right now is a storm. As far as I'm concerned, they're still the Queens, but Sacramento is a storm. They're, they're on their way. And I think that the pickups of Malik Monk and Kevin Herter, I, I think those are tremendous for them. I, I think that's, those, those are two very, very big moves for them. And I'm going to say even more so Malik Monk. And the reason that I say that is because, again, like you said, the familiarity with De'Aaron Fox. Now, the transition from the college game to the pro game, a lot of guys don't make it. Uh, a lot of guys get here and can't sustain it. But not only do you have these two guys that familiarize themselves with each other on the collegiate level, they've both shown to be very effective on the pro level. And now they get to go and reconnect and do everything that they did before now. And I think that in a place like Sacramento, where if we're being honest, and this isn't a knock on Sacramento right now, not a lot is expected of them. You, you have a gray area. And again, I say, that's that brewing storm. This team has time now to start piecing some things together. And as much as it irks me, to see another team in the Pacific division do something that is clearly going to turn the right corner for them. Kudos to Sacramento because their off season so far has been a lot better than I think anybody would expect. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, what they haven't made the playoffs since 2006, they have not done a lot of things right they can't they they can't get the coaching right they can't get the front office right the roster a, is a bunch of mismatched pieces I, I was a lot younger then man man you just, you just you just made my back hurt bro i was i was just graduating high school when the sacramento kings last made the playoffs Jeez. you just made my back hurt man i just turned 34 bro it's been it's been almost 17 years since the Sacramento Kings made the play. I remember <laughs> when Sacramento was like they were they were they were it. Like they were the team that were was like being expected to to topple the Lakers and and create their own dynasty and it never happened. Shout out to Robert Ory, May 26, 2002. Shout out to Bob Ory, shout if out y'all don't, to If y'all don't uh, know, look it up. Shout out to those uh referees uh, in the later on. Hey, stop it. Stop it. If you, if you haven't, if stop you it. haven't read, uh, Tim Donaghy's personal foul, I, I would recommend it. It's a hell of a book that it that, will that, open your eyes to some, to some things. That trophy is still the same shade of gold. Yeah. But shout out to big shot, Bob though. Um, <laughs> but like for me, 
I'm going to say development for the Sacramento Kings. This summer has been huge for them in terms of making selections of players that can contribute to improvement. Like, you know, you've got De'Aaron Fox there. You've committed to him. You you shipped out Stanley uh, Halliburton to Indiana, who probably could have been a piece that you could have kept. That was a mistake, I feel like. Um, But you go out. You get Keegan Murray, who looks like he's going to be a solid pro. Um, Adding Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, two guys that can shoot the absolute you-know-what out of it. Mm. Like, shout-out to Red Velvet. Shout-out to Malik Monk. Both of those dudes, man. Like, if Kevin Herter can find some consistency, I feel like this is a perfect perfect opportunity for him to kind of – reclaim a bit of the buzz he had when he was drafted everybody thought he was the next clay thompson like he could still be a guy that that maybe not at the same volume as the clay thompson but he's still one of the one of the very best and, and most dangerous shooters that we have in the league kevin herter can stroke the ball man and malik monk who you know charlotte gave up on you know kind of kind of put his name back in in good graces you know in in the year in la like he was He's a guy that probably should still be a Laker, but the Lakers, for whatever reason, they get these guys that contribute and do well, and then you don't bring them back. You just you just kind of cycle out for the next guy. So that's that's an entire episode on its own. Yeah. I, and I and I and I don't have any tissue within arm's reach or alcohol, so don't yeah. don't. <laughs> Yeah, like we, we'll we'll get to the Lakers in, in later in this segment, but like for Sacramento, man, like for them to go out get Keegan Murray, solid pick for them. Getting Kevin Herter, getting Malik Monk, two guys that can shoot and do some different things on the court. Like it, it's good. It's moves in the right direction, and and they need that. They you know they they made a coaching change as well. Um, we'll be we'll be talking about that here uh, later in the pod, but. Um, development. I think getting guys that contribute to kind of a different direction, guys that are looking for fresh starts. I mean, Malik Monk got a fresh start with the Lakers. He he made the most of it. Kevin Herter is looking to make make a, a similar impact with the Kings. So uh, development, I think, is key for them. I mean, it, as as much as I as much as I knock them, I'm. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real. I mean, Sacramento right now is moving in the right direction. So I'm anxious to see. I mean, I love competition. Uh, So let's see what happens. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely heading towards like the youth movement. And depending on where you are situationally, I mean, that's something that could very much work for them. So also let's, let, let's see what happens. I, I think there's a ton of potential there. And like I said, there, there's, a, there's a quiet storm brewing in, in, in Sac Town. And I think we're going we're, we're to see something pretty impressive from them in the, next, in the next few years, I believe. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. But yeah, so let me tell you what. Let's put a pin in this. We got so much more to get to that we can't squeeze into just one episode. Plus, I'm having way too much fun. I'm going to go grab a beer. You want a beer? Man, hell yeah. All right, so we're going to get a beer. Catch y'all in the next one.